Welcome to Artifacts. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens, and today's guest is owner of Culture Clash Records in Toledo, Ohio, Tim Friedman. Hey, thanks so much, Marissa. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. So, just as a disclaimer, we are recording in his store, so if you hear um, any background noises with the cars, that's we're downtown. Um, so, I got my first record player in high school, and I felt so cool. You know, I could go to the record store and look at my favorite cover art and like pick my albums. It's just so funny that records are resurging. Like, just w- what do you think that is? It, Let's just hit hit been, right in. It's been years and years now of this resurgence of vinyl. And it, let me just immediately ask you this: uh, Do you remember going to record stores before you had a record player? No. Was it was just the uh, the first time? Did you get the record player and search for records at the same time? Yeah, I got the record player, and I was like, I could see. I'm like, I get this initiation yeah. to go into the store. You see, I can tell by the smile on your face that that <laughs> that day was was a big deal, and that's that's what it is for so many people. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent, you know couple of years talking about the vinyl resurgence and it was very easy for people to think oh okay well it's it's you know older guys that are rebuying their Pink Floyd and Beatles records that you know they sold at garage sales but it's it's not really it you know there's some of that but the reality is people of all ages are so excited to have and to hold pardon the phrase but uh, this this artwork uh, you know this artwork that is one foot by one foot large you can see and that you know that the music inside speaks to you that is something that is so formed and forged in our identities music and these these artistic endeavors that we you know we identify with that's how we find who we are so to literally find those things while flipping through records at a record store it it's such a big deal and you didn't need to experience record stores in the 70s to appreciate that. Mm. It's, it's happening now, and the question I think is, is why now? The answer is because it is, it's still the best format we've come up with for music. Mm. The sound quality is excellent, and the reality is it is what's there. It's what's there and represents that thing so, so well. We went years getting smaller and smaller with physical media until we're just on Napster and iTunes. And you, you don't identify with your digital uh, catalog of, of music, but mm-hmm. if you can invite people to your home and say, oh, check out this, this shelf, you have to hear this, that it means so much to me, this record is so mm-hmm. good. I, that's why vinyl is back. You know, that wasn't happening with CDs as much, certainly not with, with MP3s, but with records, you, you can show off who you are. Like versus a playlist you have to show somebody Absolutely. whereas like your records are on display you can display them how you want that's, it's that's it's so cool. I, I seem to see it with everyone's record collection is the way they display it is unique to them as well and, and whether they've got it in alphabetical order if they've just got it haphazard by you know whatever they listened to recently they've got frames on the walls to, to point out specific album art that's meaningful or just is their vibe mm-hmm. at the moment it's it's such a versatile medium and i feel like two records force you to listen to the whole album from beginning to end and artists make it in a way they take you on a journey i like you know cleaning or 
in my room while listening to a full-on just album in its entirety. Absolutely. I, I've always been the type to listen uh, from the beginning to end. That's why I've listened to more first tracks on albums than I have <laughs> yeah. last tracks, because sometimes I just get pulled away. Yep. But I'm, I'm with you. I don't I don't like the shuffle mode that became the synonymous with CDs and, and digital. Mm -hmm. I want to drop the needle at the beginning yep. and let it play and be reminded halfway through that I got to get up and, and move it over. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It keeps me engaged. That's yeah. very true, and yeah. So how were you first introduced to music? Well, um, I, I don't remember a time that there wasn't music around. Um, you know, my parents uh, always made sure that we had all of these formats you know we had the record player we had cd player we had the mini disc player and the you know flash of time that that existed uh, but truly what i remember most was listening to uh motown and 50s music on the radio in my dad's car my mom those moments were so formative and it's you can pretty much draw a straight line from there to the kind of soul uh, music that i really get into and love recommending mm -hmm. here today I love Motown. Have you been to the Motown Museum? I haven't yet. It's so embarrassing. I haven't yet. I've been twice because I loved it so much. <laughs> because I think they have every they have different tour guides and everyone's different in what they explain. I love the history behind it. I love yeah. history. So it's so close. I highly recommend. Well, I, look, I'm, I still feel guilty for not going. I am fortunate to get uh, the equivalent of tour guides as, as customers. What oh, I mean yeah. is like... The people that fill me in on the history of the music they love. Oh, I can imagine. Or this very record store. It, it, it's the it's it's the thing that makes shopping at a record store special. Mm -hmm. Aside from the music and the art that we talk about, it's that uh, the the big box record stores they didn't last mm -hmm. because you can't mass train employees to care and and be knowledgeable about music. Mm -hmm. I've got a small staff, and each one of them just lights up to talk with people mm -hmm. about the music that they're into uh -huh. or about the election that they're voting yeah. <laughs> we just bond with people that's uh, such an exciting thing uh, when i'm not doing it if i'm sitting in the back room and overhearing it uh, with employees yeah. and customers it just it makes my heart so big you probably get so many interesting customers and oh like so many stories absolutely I, you know i there was a, a gentleman who's who's since passed away um, who came here and told me about his history in motown recording uh he told me about driving uh driving from toledo to detroit writing uh songs on the drive to record in detroit and his whole process uh, with the Motown groups that we, he sang uh, in the background with was so cool, and and he came to us to say, hey, you know, there's this single that I sang on that, uh, you know, my, my wife unfortunately dropped and, and it broke, and I, I'd love to find another copy, and to to deliver to him a copy of his own record from decades prior was. It's the highlight of the career. <laughs> oh my goodness. So growing up, what other music or musicians were you into besides Motown? Oh man, I, I was all over the place. Uh, I went through uh, some some of the same uh, treacherous uh, radio trends uh, of high school that, that plenty of people do. I had Limp Biscuit next to Bare Naked Ladies CDs uh, just so that I could confirm no one could miss mistake me for being cool but uh, eventually I just kind of gradually kept wanting to hear 
more and new stuff, which is the same as it is now. But, you know, my record collection in truth started because listening to these bands, I would get, I'd be like, okay, what's a side project and what label have they been on? And uh, eventually I found this label that I, I just loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turned they had, you know, really mellow singer songwriters. What's the label? Polyvinyl Records okay. uh, in Illinois. But they would have like Midwest emo and, and singer songwriters that have cool bands playing vibraphone and stuff that I was just not hearing everywhere. It was that label and buying uh, records from them before I had a record player, just because I, oh, wow. I wanted to have everything that that label did, because I just believed that these people loved music and loved doing what they did mm-hmm. and loved sharing. So I wanted, to, I wanted to eat up everything that they put out. So I, yeah, I had records before I was able to play them uh, mm-hmm. because I've always been a collector that way. When was your first, how old were you when you got your first record player? I was just out of high school. I finished high school and was apprehensive to go to college uh, right away. So I got a couple jobs, one of them obviously at a record store. And it was in this time, you know, just out of high school, my first apartment before moving to this area to go to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when I, I came to my own. And, uh, I remember the transition from my 51-disc CD player uh, to the record player and how that gradually one became obsolete and the other I use every day. So where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from uh, Amherst. It's about uh, halfway between okay. here and Cleveland. Okay. Uh, so how big is your personal collection now? Can you even guess? Well, I mean, in a way, look around. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is, yeah. Um, you know, in, in a small way, everything here is, uh, uh, you know, available. If I want to listen to it, I'm just going to open it up. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but no, in, in truth at home, um, I've, I've probably got 1,500 to 2,000 records at this point. Respect. <laughs> yep. I, I think it was a lot larger uh, at some point, and... You know, when I realized in working here for a couple of years, you know, eventually I'll get my hands on whatever I want. So mm-hmm. I don't need to be too eager to get it right away. So yeah, now I'm just paired down to the essentials. <laughs> then how do you display your own records then at home? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got the, uh, the world famous IKEA um, <laughs> bookshelves that will hold uh, bunches of these records uh, in little cubes. So. I've got several different rooms in the house with these cubes uh, of records and records and records, and then right above each each record player in the house, in uh, in both the bedroom and the living room, we've got frames on the wall, and I'm pretty constantly changing out what's there. Sometimes it's you know seasonal uh, or feeling really hot so I, I picked a bunch of records with the sun on them to the figuring out what I display for my wife and myself and you know guests uh, that I want to impress it's cool because it's it's like making a playlist it's like making a, a visual playlist there can be common threads with the album art on display that are based on oh it's so carefully curated actual, actually what's there or you know more of a vibe colors but I try and then when my wife says why do you have these records I'm like don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, with that, and then like I'm very organized in particular. Pretty much the same structure we've got here in the record store is, is what I use at home to get, keep things alphabetical within pretty broad genres. But recently, uh, I kind of broke out records for my wife and I, so we have a little cube uh, of records that's really good for parties. You know, it's got a lot of Motown and soul, 
we've got a section that's just instrumental, uh, no, no voices uh, allowed. And then my favorite is, is the two of us each have our own cubes that are just formative records for us. Those kind of records will, we will never get rid of. The things that we listen to on 18 different formats in our lives and, you know, belted at the top of our lungs <laughs> and cars, those kind of albums I call special attention to and it feels extra nice. What's one of your formative albums that aren't in there? You know what, uh, rather than rather than call to mind 800 different albums, I'll say one I think of right away is Death Cab for Cuties Transatlanticism. 2003, so 20 years old this year. But yeah, that was one that the year I graduated high school, 03 uh, and onward, boy, I just played that on repeat, uh, saying it everywhere as, as loud as I unbearably <laughs> It's just cool too because music has such an emotional attachment. You associate a memory or a person or just an, or an idea or it just tr transforms you and takes you somewhere. So it's nice to not only have that music but then again the physical copy of that. Yeah. And it's, and it's why this place, it's why the record store is its time and a space machine. You it's know? like timeless kind of in a way I feel like. <laughs> I mean, it takes you back but at the same time it's like you still have modern music and Right, it, and it's, it's why some people, you know, walk in and it's their first time or their first time in a long time in a record store, and uh, and I kind of, I see their face, right, because they're like, oh, this is familiar, I know what to expect, and, and then they see Charlie XCX and Ariana Grande <laughs> and Harry Styles, and they're like, well, no, that's not right, this, how can that be? I, it, this is an old format, and this is only supposed to be for uh -huh. Bob Seger. Yeah. Um, how, how and they, they have trouble marrying the, the artists are embracing vinyl and it's become a thing now a hundred percent artists are, are passionate about their artwork and I, I it's insane to think about artists in the 90s and aughts being forced to take everything they did and have it just made so compact uh, mm -hmm. you know part of the part of the term yeah yeah so then tell me more about okay Culture Clash's history, yeah. and then how you started working here and, and, and as the owner. So tell me about everything. Yeah. I don't really know the history about it. So uh, my Culture Clash, uh, as I've been in charge of it, has been around for seven years. But Culture Clash, in truth, has been around for almost 20. We'll mm -hmm. celebrate our 20th anniversary next year. Mm -hmm. But in reality, Culture Clash was the extension of Boogie Records, which started in the late 70s mm -hmm. in Toledo. You know, one of the owners of Boogie Records, the year that they closed in 2004, said, I, I, I'm not done, <laughs> and I know selling records, so I want to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. So he, uh, Pat, opened up uh, Culture Clash the same year in 04, dealt with different locations, road construction, all the Toledo. I remember the, the old location he put like records on the on the roof. 100%. Yeah, and that or was because like yeah. of traffic uh, and uh, road construction. He had time on his hands <laughs> and a bunch of old records. So he went up and, and yeah, uh, nailed uh, records as shingles. And they, <laughs> they didn't wear very long. Uh, rain and heat pretty much ruins him completely. So... He ended up having to do that a second time, update those records, wow. that record roof to be genuinely much more attractive. Yeah. And it was it was big deal, major, you know, site in, in Toledo. Yeah. So unfortunately he passed away at the end of twenty sixteen. 
well before his time, mm-hmm. and it's it's so frustrating to know what he would have seen in the next few years. Mm. Uh, COVID notwithstanding, yeah. uh, he dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Um, but so he, he passed away at the end of 2016, and I just kept going to the store, the same one with the records on the roof, and asking the kids, working, you know, what are you guys going to do? And have you thought about doing this, or have you thought about doing that? And you know, pretty quickly they put me in touch with with Pat's wife, and she, over the course of one lunch, you know, was able to say to me, "I see him in you, and wow. this this should be yours to keep going." So we, my wife and I. So the easy decision to make, make? Was that like a little hard? Was, your heart was like, yes, I want to do it, but your head's like, Ugh. or? Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I, I was, I had to leave a career in, in market research, which was not fully jiving with me, but also paying the bills pretty well. And absolutely the, the fear of the unknown with jumping into this and being an entrepreneur and, and taking over that way. It was, it was a lot. And I, cannot overstate uh, my wife's uh, influence and support and understanding. Shout out. It's 100%. <laughs> she knew, you know, she would ask me before we did it while we were trying to make the decision, like, do you know how much you'll be able to bring home? And I would I would answer as nicely as I could, like, well, I haven't quite gotten there yet. I'm still like, running oh, numbers. I gotta go. <laughs> I mean, that's the answer. And now, what, seven years later, you know, she's still asking me, like, are you going to pay yourself this week? And I'm like, well, I, I got the priorities. You know, we've got employees, and we've been doing all of this growth and moving. That this conti- continues to be a passion project. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, having I, I I realized when when we were making the decision to buy the buy the store, uh, I'm always going to have debt all of my life. Yeah. I might as well enjoy the debt that I've got. And enjoy paying it back. So that made it a little bit easier to just say, let's let's do this. We don't know what's to come, but what I've always wanted to do is this. It's you know? probably so rewarding too, hearing from customers and it outweighs the invention. <laughs> yeah, the the compliments that we get, and again, I am very quick to issue them to my employees because they do so much of the work mm-hmm. these days, but. Hearing, oh, you know, this is our favorite store in the state. Uh, occasionally, you know, we've been all across the country, and this is our favorite record store. Like, wow. that stuff is is huge and keeps me, you know, floating for yeah. a week. Yeah. Uh, even, even, if, even if when I, you know, receive it to the front to the person saying it, I'm like, well, it's all these guys. Thanks anyway. Bye. Like, I'm I'm hearing it, and it, it means uh, so much because that's, you know, we're not. We're not doing this for any other reason other than the people who walk through the door and light up, you know? That's that's the whole reason that art, I think, exists, is to connect people, and that's a big part of what we like doing. You probably get customers, too, all at different ages. Mm-hmm. What's the, yeah. co- what's the common, is it, I mean, you probably get older and younger and... The, the average age, I kid you not, the average age of a customer culture clash since I took over uh, seven years ago to now has dropped significantly. Wow. Um, and it's it's like we're saying, you know, vinyl is appealing to all ages, but uh, the reality is it's 
where it used to be guys stopping in after work before getting <laughs> to their family, now it's where the family goes. You know, now it's, well, we'll just go on Saturday when we can all go with the wife and, and the 15-year-old yes. kid and the six-year-old who is going to see the, you know, the soundtracks and the kids' records and, and light mm -hmm. up just as much. So how do you curate your store collection here? There's no single process, which is a part of what I love, is that it's, it's always something new and there's a different challenge each day. But to, to curate as we do between me, my managers, as well as the other employees who shout out and, and make sure mm -hmm. we're getting stuff that they want to see as well, we're working with distributors uh, that are still at them. You know, there are the big names like Warner and Universal and, and Sony are still exist and they're still, you know, uh, they're still selling direct to record stores when they can. So we're buying from them. We're buying from people that walk through the door with a bag of records and say, hey, I don't want these anymore. What can you do for me? Mm -hmm. We do our best to make really good, fair uh, offers to uh, find new homes for these records. Um, and then tons of other ways, you know, there's estate sales, garage mm -hmm. sales. Uh, sometimes there's just a good selection at Goodwill that you can't mm -hmm. pass up. But it, it's all of these things. Uh, and it's it's figuring out, you know, where where do we need to focus in the store? You know, for a couple of years, store manager Torch uh, and I were really focused on our world section. And now we look at our world section with the biggest grins on our faces because, you know, there's such a unique array of music from, from Africa and from India and from uh, Russia and, and all over. And it's, it's so cool. And we know that it's like maybe the, uh, the expert level shoppers are going there because certainly you come in at fifteen and, and you want the you want to hear the Harry Styles song again <laughs> and again. We got you, sure. And you're not going to be looking for like the weird one, one <laughs> instrument that exists somewhere in, in camera and being played uh, by the one person who knows how to play it. I get it. That's not for you, but. It's, it's, it's such a delight when the people that are looking for that kind of stuff or rather don't know what they're looking for and are just open to something new. It's it's so cool to see them in the sections that we've taken care of curate better. The you know, the world section, our hip hop section, which I I love to see, you know, we, we grew that threefold uh, mm -hmm. in the last couple of years and it, it makes me so happy. <laughs> Yeah, you guys have a really good range. I like your French music and then soundtracks too. I love that soundtracks are yes. another genre that's being. It, it, soundtracks are uh, a genre that are being uh, championed in vinyl, uh, maybe even more so than uh, other genres because it, because it is such a visual medium, and there are labels mm. that are spending good amount of money in making sure that the packaging is representative of that film and. So you're getting these just really intricate, um, amazing alternate artwork uh, containing uh, albums with you know, splatter color vinyl uh, mm -hmm. to hear the soundtrack, to hear the score of that movie that, again, made you feel something. And sometimes you want to do that, you know, writing a term paper, you know, just uh, <laughs> yeah. working at home. You want to kind of feel a little bit of that without focusing on the movie. I love uh, a good soundtrack. So as a music connoisseur, what trends have you seen as far as, I guess, what music people are liking or what's 
being produced? I guess it's really broad, but any like commonalities? I have an answer, but okay. it's, it's not one that I'm, I'm uh, fully versed in, uh, and it's and I don't think it'll surprise you. It, it's TikTok. Uh, okay. TikTok has been a big influencer over the last couple of years, and it's been funny because, admittedly, none of us here at the store are big on TikTok, and certainly, certainly weren't when it was starting to blow up a couple of years ago. So we were finding things out in real time because suddenly we would have somebody coming in every day asking for uh, an old uh, Marty Robbins uh, country record. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like how random. It, like exactly. It's, it's just great. one song becomes uh, you know viral in TikTok videos, and that would that would deliver us a line of people that were like, oh, I need this record. Uh, and again, like I said, it's often news to us. So we would you know. Sometimes we would make inferences like, this is a really strange old record for there to suddenly be a run on. Yeah. We're going to assume it's TikTok, but more often than not, wow. we, we ask, you know, yeah. this is this is an interesting pick. Why do you, yeah. why do you land on this? And uh, Yeah, oh, I saw this video and it was used and it was really funny. And, Yep. Uh, so the you know the broader answer because I don't I don't know from TikTok, but the broader answer is whatever is going on is is happening with music, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean that to say everything has music playing. Whether you're watching a football game, uh, uh, NASCAR, or or watching PBS, there's music uh, playing, and whatever we're looking at on our phones or whatever comes after our phones, I don't know, uh, it's going to have music involved in it and people are going to hear something that speaks to them and they're going to want to refeel that. I have to ask this trend, the Taylor Swift craze. Mm -hmm. Why do you think, because I'm just, I like, I'm a Taylor Swift fan, Mm -hmm. but like, why do you think her music speaks to people and you get a lot of people asking for Taylor Swift? We sell a lot of Taylor Swift. Um, Taylor Swift has become one of our best-selling artists over the last few years. And again, we're a store that, you know, a decade ago, our top-selling records were, you know, uh, used copies of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon and, Mm. you know, just a couple copies here and there. Um, And I want to say, still, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors... I was going to ask you your most... It it tops our our best-selling albums list, and that is such a delight to know. Uh, that I love. Okay, I, see, my great. dad grew me up on Fleetwood Mag. It's a great album. I love it. That's still it's per, it's timeless, and I it, it's still speaking to people of all ages. It's so good. It's so good. I'm glad that's okay. That, yeah. that's a good one. It, 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 and it's funny too because we used to we used to not be able to keep up with it because and this is a you know, maybe this is inside baseball, but uh, you know the way that our our record store was and the way Culture Clash was was if it was an old record. We either had it used or we didn't. You know, if if somebody traded in a copy of Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, we had a copy of Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they didn't, because nobody wanted to sell that record, <laughs> then we didn't have any. And our answer was always, "Oh well, I I, I think we just ran out. You know, I think we had one and just sold it." And uh, the the resurgence of vinyl has meant that new sealed copies of Rumors are attainable. And I don't have to wait for a beat-up copy that's, you know, got a bunch of, of dings and, and scratches on it to sell that for eight bucks. I can I can say here is a pristine brand new copy of of Rumors, and we can make sure we almost always have it available. Uh, 
and that's so cool. I, I think I was answering about Tesla, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the Taylor Swift thing is, uh, it's a lot about what what we've been talking about, right? It's it's seeing yourself in music and mm. and artwork, and uh, you know Taylor s- s- writes and sings I with think such specificity mm-hmm. that even if you uh, even if you didn't have a boyfriend steal a scarf from you and, and not ever return it and where is it you can still kind of relate to what's going on there um, and when that's happening when when you've got people who have n- never heard an artist like that before who've never uh, connected with art like that before that's the first time and that's so special mm-hmm. so it, it's one reason why we we love Taylor Swift fans. You know, we don't we're not pretentious. We're not gatekeepers. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, well, you're not buying the cool African records. <laughs> no, it, it's so cool to see excitement and to see these kids come in, uh, see record stores for often the first time, mm-hmm. and and just be so into it. Um, and Taylor delivers that to us. It's a weird you know way of thinking about it, but. Uh, I'd feel worse about it if she didn't continue to prove herself to be a pretty solid person. Mm-hmm. You know, she was uh, a record store that is that we're friends with. Um, she helped pay for salaries during at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's done a, a lot of stuff for mm-hmm. independent record stores uh, that a, a lot of artists that size don't have to think about doing. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's not just record stores, it is genuinely our fans that she figures out, her team figures out ways to show how much she appreciates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's what it is. You know, we're getting all the Taylor's versions, which is such a unique part of music history, to yes. be honest. Um, such a and her fans of, know the differences. These, these are my songs. If I've got to re-record them to make sure that they are my songs, then that's Just take what ownership. I can you imagine, like, can you imagine just reading a poem that you wrote when you were 15? Like, that sounds mortifying <laughs> to me. And she's doing it with this music that she wrote. And and I think that is, again, empowering uh, young women, young people to understand what artwork is, what, uh, what ownership can mean. Mm. Uh, you know, we'll see, I'm sure we'll see her be a part of of whatever comes after Ticketmaster because uh, it, it's about genuinely caring about the artwork and getting that to the people that want to see it. Um, she has not been fake uh, so far. So uh, as long as she keeps that up, then it's going to keep working. I love this. For all those Taylor Swift haters, <laughs> this is a great... I mean, you know, people are like, either love her or don't like her, but I think there's some validity to what she's doing, and I think... Yeah, I'm gonna keep an eye on her because it's the same, and it, you know, it's because she is one of the biggest uh, stars and music stars in the world today. We we get a lot of you get a lot of well, it's not the Beatles, and there's no more Beatles, and like, okay, sure, it's true that no no more will a, a British band get popular from terrestrial radio play. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's not gonna happen like that, but. We absolutely do still have these gigantic uh, bands and stars and, and musical legends. And if we just if we uh, just tell ourselves, well, you know, 
I don't care for Taylor Swift, so it, it's just for the kids. Then you're missing the point, and you sound just like your parents or grandparents did when you were all about the Beatles or Elvis. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that's true. For Culture Clash, do you have any, any exciting events coming up? I know you sometimes you host musicians that come in. So this is my most uh, awkward part of the conversation because we... Uh, we will, and we're going to have more events than we've ever had. But we're currently in conversation with the city on how to make sure we're doing that and doing that as safely as we can in mm-hmm. this old, old building. How old is this building? This property was built uh, before 1890. It was, I want to say, 1887. Yeah, it's got a, a rich history. It's got a um, mob-involved history. It's got a lot of a lot of cool character to it. It was obvious to me when we set foot in this place that this was the next home for Culture Clash. But like I said, it, it's so old, there there needs to be some changes in it to make sure we're, again, as safe as possible for people here. And I've been very cautious to not start running events or a ton of events before we're making sure we're doing that. So my hope is that by the end of this calendar year, you know, you know that Culture Clash has a live event weekly, at mm-hmm. least. That's that's the vibe, and with the you know with the bar next door here, it, it feels so obvious. And my dream, you know, the dream that I had that led me to get my business degree in the first place, was to run a record store and label. And every version of that in my head was uh, was more involved it was it included event space and and uh, beverages etc so in a way I'm, I'm still inching towards what has been the vision for longer than i've owned the store but when i step back and, and take a look we're, we're getting there we're getting mm-hmm. really close we've had a number of events to show off what we can do uh, our record store days have been just insane the first record store day we celebrated here we had it's something like 20 live performances wow. in one day um, like a little it, festival like a lot of palooza exactly, <laughs> exactly and you know it's just up to my staff and me and my wife to put that on to put on a whole stressful festival. for you but great for the, the rest it, of the people look i i was a ball of anxiety and sweat uh, <laughs> the whole day but it, it was so great and and seeing people in and out even just catching, stopping, pausing for three minutes to listen to a song uh, being played live by somebody who drove from Fort Wayne, Indiana to here to play for them. It, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fulfillment going on at this job. I have to ask, side note, who's been like the farthest customer you've had from, do you know? Oh boy, uh, we've got, uh, we've had people from Greece and from Germany that come, uh, you know, maybe once a year they make uh, pilgrimages, uh, trips to the states, and they'll drive drive through. But we've got a couple definite definite uh, other side of the globers that uh, that'll come in on occasion. Yeah, it's 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 very cool, and it reminds me of the community outside of Toledo because mm-hmm. that's what I'm so focused on most mm-hmm. of the time. It, yeah, can you talk about the name Culture Clash? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's or is that? I wish I could have had longer conversations with Pat about why he chose the name Culture Clash. Alas, I've had to apply my own, you know, uh, logic and, and meaning to the words. I think in truth, when Pat started Culture Clash in 04, he wanted to kind of broaden and go outside of records and have 
you know, uh, figurines and, and other stuff, more pop culture stuff. Mm. So the culture clash made sense uh, just with the physical inventory. For me, I'm happy to give it a much broader meaning. And of course, it's, it's about bringing in different people, curating different styles of music, and putting things against each other that kind of butt up uh, in, a, in a different way. Some of my favorite moments that have become, in hindsight, my definition for Culture Clash are when we put together events and, and in stores with broad, uh, very unique lineups. Um, we had, this is my favorite moment, and I, I, I hope I'm telling the story for, for years, but we had rapper uh, She Speaks from Toledo here to play a set uh, in this room ahead of Record Store Day. So it was a busy week. She comes in, she's got an iPod. She's like, can I plug this in so I can play my bathroom track? And I'm like, yeah, we can do that. Also, I've, we've got a, a jazz band that's playing after you. Why don't we get the two of you to talk for five minutes tops? Uh, and they were that band was able to perform with her, keep up, and just go with the flow. Wow. That was it was it was not me, you know. I, I have I provided the space <laughs> and connected the people together, but what ended up happening was so cool. Uh, it felt it felt magical uh, to me. So my definition of culture clash evolves over time, and more and more to me, it, it represents bringing in more diversity from every corner possible. For beginners, mm -hmm. what type of turntable do you recommend? Oh, so it's uh, it's an easy question and answer for me. We solidly recommend Audio-Technica. Uh, the okay. brand is called LP60 or LP60X, but these are affordable and workhorses. You know, we sell record players from 400 to a thousand dollars that are made with quality materials and you know should never break down and and uh, are specified within an, an inch of their lives uh, to give you the performance that you need um, but the audio technicas lp60s they they last they do it with more cost-effective materials and they're simple. They've got a start button and a stop button, a pause button. These are things that are not common on record players, to be honest. So uh, they make it very easy. You don't have buttons beyond that. Start, stop, and pause. You don't, you're not going to get confused. Uh, that's very easy. So Audio-Technica LP60s, uh, we have those in stock most of the time. Probably at the same price as your Best Buy or your Target or your big box store. But uh, you're going to get one of our employees talking to you, making sure you know how to set it up when you get home, not that it's difficult. And then as well, we've got our rewards program, so you're putting in uh, yes. towards getting points back. <laughs> Come to culture class. I'm telling you, it's great. <laughs> I love it. All right, you ready for some rapid-fire questions? Oh, I am. Your personal favorite record. Oh, boy. Um, it's tough, and it's rapid-fire, so I'm just going to say... The Unicorns Who Will Cut Our Hair When We're Gone. It's a weird art pop, Canadian art pop album uh, from the early aughts that we copped uh, the album artwork this year for our Record Store Day poster. Just kind of uh, made it for us. It's such a bizarre but uh, memorable uh, pop record. 
I'll have to listen to it. The most expensive record in your store. Uh, boy, most expensive record varies, so I'm gonna eliminate the like box sets oh, yeah, because yeah. there's a bunch of records, so it's actually a good value. Let's see, we at the moment there's probably some higher, but what I'm thinking of is this jazz record by a guy named Steve Lacey, not uh, that Steve Lacey, but as a jazz record from let's say uh, 80s, and the cover art was hand painted. So we've, we've, we've had it on display here for years, to be honest with you, because it's such a, uh, it's such a unique record. I need uh, to look at this before I leave. There, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to show it. Yeah. But, you know, there's probably a handful of people in the world who would know what this record was and would have any interest in it. Um, and at some point, they're going to find it here. Uh, and that's going to be exciting. How, so, much, how much is it? Uh, We've we've got it at a safe two hundred dollars. Awesome. Uh, we've had it higher uh, because I think it's worth more. But more than anything, I just I want to see the right person find mm. it. But we've had you know I think like many record stores, we've had the the Beatles, the Butcher Block uh, mm. records come through the you know super rare you know thousand dollar copies of the same record that you see every other mm. day for for a dollar. That's kind. of... Sorry, I know this is rapid fire. No, it's uh, It's part of what's cool about cool and unique about records is that uh, they are all unique. You know, they they may be made five hundred at a time or a thousand at a time, and those ones that last that means they've been made a whole bunch of different times. And uh, it's what I like to tell people, uh, or I, I convey it through like books or you know the Bible is pretty easy to to mm-hmm. say like you've seen. 8 billion different versions of that book and some are gorgeous ornate uh, you know just super detailed and some get that job done <laughs> yeah. getting all the words that they're supposed to get um, but that, I, I think that's uh, that's usually how I convey what can be special about records is you can have 10 copies of the same record and one of them is just you know by fluke or by fact just uh, more unique uh, and, and uh, rare so my next question was I guess the the rarest record that you found ooh boy I look it, it's it's seeing these Beatles butcher block uh, covers and again if you're not familiar uh, the first run of this Beatles album had uh, the four guys holding baby dolls with decapitated heads which was deemed un- unsuitable for the public. Because they were already printed and made, a bunch of copies, they just had a new cover like glued on top. So you can find some. You can find some that just never had that glued over uh, cover. You can find some that have the glued over cover, but you can tell. Like, you can tell what's underneath it. But finding different versions of this uh, insanely rare era of, of record uh, it's very exciting to me. Oh. Yeah. between the two mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac Rumors or Beatles Abbey Road oh <laughs> uh, that is a fair question I'd give you grief if it was like Beatles versus Beatles or Beatles versus <laughs> Stones even but that's Abbey Road and Rumors uh, I, I just hear myself uh, as the quote from Vanilla Sky saying 
both simultaneously. <laughs> well, okay, which one? Which cover art you like better? Oh, Abbey Road. Abbey Road, yes. Abbey. Musically, they're both. Yeah. Good old Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, Abbey Road. Is it's for yes. Posing? It's really hard because it's actual. I mean, like people are going through, so mm-hmm. I had to get there in the morning, and I was like, got my quick pick, and then I, <laughs> I signed my name on the wall. Um, so then, your favorite vinyl cover art? Ooh, oh boy, gosh, that's so tough. Um, okay, um, there's uh, an artist by the name of Michael Now um, who's played under the monikers uh, Paige France and Cotton Jones, uh, Cotton Jones Basket Ride. Um, uh, just a cool um, singer songwriter, kind of folky. And one of his early albums, I think maybe 50 copies were made, some small number, but each one with unique handmade uh, artwork, which was, you know, decoupage stuff, uh, different things glued together to make uh, to make a unique piece of art. So, yeah, just like the hand-painted one, it, it's it's those, and it's it's for me, it's not specifically that there are a few numbers in existence. It's just the care that goes into that that packaging. And creating something that that stands on its own next to the music that it's it's housing. What's Toledo's best kept secret? Uh, that's so easy. <laughs> uh, Toledo's best kept secret is the Leaf and Seed Cafe. It's the vegan cafe across the parking lot from us. Is where I eat and uh, in, in a wild number of my meals. What's your favorite meal there? I've never been. The oh boy, the Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Any of their chicken. C-H-I-K apostrophe N uh, any of their fake uh, vegan chicken products astounding but their natural hot chicken sandwich is so good Leaf and Seed is when they have specials they're like 100% of the time astounding I love that place ooh yeah. I'm gonna have to go now your favorite local artist doesn't matter what kind of art ooh okay so I'll embarrass her and I don't mind but one of my employees, our assistant manager here, is Sid Gottlieb, and she is a visual artist who's who does very intricate and abstract, and she'd probably be embarrassed of however I describe it, however <laughs> I do, but she does this beautiful work. I asked her to create work uh, that we used to wrap rolling papers in, so we made little booklets of rolling papers, and we used artwork uh, that she made for those that looks so cool. Anytime she's got artwork uh, at a show in town, my wife and I try to go mm. see it and see how her work interacts with other local artists' mm. work. It's the kind of stuff where I can stare at her work and I can sometimes feel like I see what she sees and sometimes I feel like I have no idea what this chaos is and that's somehow comforting. Well. Yeah, okay. And then when you're not busy at the store, what do you like to do for yourself? Oh... Uh, do I do anything other than the store? I try really hard to have an identity outside of Culture Clash. Am I succeeding? I don't know. I, I love going to shows. I have not gotten full swing back on going to shows since COVID. It's certainly been safe to do so most of the time. Um, my wife and I are... are we love film. Uh, we love going to the movies. Okay, wait. What's your favorite film? Because I'm a huge film buff, too. Ooh, okay. Um, I don't know if this will hold out to be true, but I answer like I did with the record question say what comes to mind. But um, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind was one that made a big impact on Who me. Who directed that one? Uh, Michelle Gondry. I think it's Jim Carrey's 
best work, but a visually imaginative breakup story in reverse, kind of. It probably ages like everything from the early aughts uh, mm -hmm. has, and there's probably some uh, questionable stuff that when I next rewatch it, I'm, you know, might sit a little different. But certainly at the time uh, that it came out, I I saw I saw my identity uh, in that movie somehow in in some way and. The imaginative, like set design uh, and work, has really stuck with me. Um, I, I like big, bright visual things. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it carries through yeah, the story. Yeah, it really carries throughout the story. It's, it's, it seems to be pretty obvious. But um, yeah, that's that's one that uh, I've got a soft spot for. So film or, or the Muppet movie. My dad loves the Muppet movie. I, There's something about the Muppets. The, the Muppets Muppet show. So I like. I crack up. Yes. I love it. Perfect. I'm a puppet and Muppet head uh, I, forever. I love it. So Culture Clash is located on 912 on North Street in downtown Toledo. Your hours, you're closed Mondays, and then you're open Tuesday through Saturday from 11 to 7, yep. and then Sundays 11 to 5. Yep. During that time, uh, you can see Torch, Sid, John, Damien, Michael, uh, RJ for a little while. Uh, sometimes me, but I, I, I make sure to point out that the humans I just named are the lifeblood of the store. Mm -hmm. It's them who are most of the time going to be doing the hard work at making this place cool. Uh, <laughs> I entrust and empower them to to make decisions to make this place cooler. It has become, you know, the the current employees and the, you know, maybe fifteen total that I've had in these these years uh, have become the priority and the coolest part of what I do. Awesome. To reach out anyway, what is the website for Culture Clash? It's cultureclashrecords.com. We have uh, every single new record that we have in the store is visible on our website cool. at cultureclashrecords.com. If you have the patience to browse uh, digitally when you can't come and flip through the bins, it is all there. And then your number for the store? Yes, 419-536-LOUD. Oh. Or 419-536-LOVE. It's 419-536-5683. And then you guys are on Instagram, right? Yes. yes. Uh, Instagram at Culture Clash. That is where we are most active. Uh, that's where uh, my employees have a lot of fun and show off uh, all the new stuff that's hitting the bins and hitting the racks. Uh, and, yeah, hopefully goofing off. Yeah. More, more than that. And make, yeah, definitely come to Culture Clash. It is such a cool store, and you're going to find a lot of cool stuff in here. And then you can say hi to the awesome staff. Marissa, thanks so much. Thanks for doing this and for coming on. I had a blast. I learned a lot, and I want to buy music now. <laughs> I want to buy more vinyls. I, I so appreciate what you're doing. Uh, these, this arts podcast and people you're talking to uh, are making such a difference. I mean, thank, thank you. you thank you. And thank you to everyone who's been listening in, and stay tuned for another episode next month. <laughs>